when it comes to heating up your business, it's all about making more bacon. And that requires an expert with a particular set of skills. You need a Baconologist. Building authentic connections, online networking, through social selling, relationship marketing, mindset and training. Yeah, that's bacon. Get ready, because we're about to fry up a sizzling success strategy. This is the Bacon Podcast with your host and business Baconologist, Brian Basilico. It's a lot of bees, man. Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Brian Basilico, and this is the podcast where you learn to make your business sizzle online. So are you ready to fry up some new business? Hey, peeps. One of the foundations that stuck with me through the years is businesses do not do business with other businesses. People do business with people. There has never been a corporation that has ever paid cash or written a check. People do that. Sure, companies try to put you on autopilot by making you subscribe to things, but it still takes a human to enter the data and make that initial purchase. There has long been a buyer-supplier mindset as you experience business throughout life. It's not quite the hunter-and-hunted metaphor of our cave people ancestors, but the more significant the sale, the more that mentality creeps in. Think of all the spreadsheets, persona, statistics, trends, models, evaluations, and now AI machine learning innovations associated with defining and delivering leads, prospects, and business profit forecasts. A corporate job used to mean a lifetime job. Although corporations date back to the 1600s, the multinational businesses we now think of as corporations grew out of the Industrial Revolution. Starting in the 1700s, small companies began growing as mechanical processes allowed the manufacturing to scale up. Factories, fabric mills, food processing plants started adding hundreds, and by the end of the 1800s, thousands to run in production lines. This growth continued until the stock market crash of 1929, then started up again with the production needs of World War II. Corporate growth in the 1950s gave us the suburban sprawl as corporations expanded beyond their urban beginnings. In the 1970s, we began to notice corporations becoming international superpowers. By the 1980s, deregulation let them grow even more. The number of companies employing thousands of people took off. Mergers, acquisitions, liquidations, consolidations became the norm. What once was the Horatio Alger dream of the 19th century, starting in the mailroom and ultimately owning the bank or factory, now had even more scope. How many loyal workers dreamed of climbing that corporate ladder to become CEO of a multinational corporation? The business community should be about the common good. Being in business means that you belong to a commerce community. You not only have people that you sell to, but you buy from others as well. If you're like most business, you work with service providers, an accountant, insurance agent, lawyer, and others. You purchase office supplies, computers, and software. 
If you make products to sell, you may buy raw materials or parts or equipment or labeling or packaging or more. You're part of a business ecosystem. You probably form those relationships early through various meetings, conversations, and referrals. Back in the pioneer days, the Old West revolved around its towns and settlements. Decades of movies and spaghetti westerns have ensured that most people think of saloons, bar fights, and gun duels at high noon when they visualize these towns. But despite the movie's evidence, the most important place in town was not the saloon, sheriff's office, or jail. It was the general store. The general store was truly the cornerstone of community. It was where you bought essential staple foods for your family and your livestock, fixed broken things, bought new things, and more. It literally helped you sustain life in the Wild West. If that store closed, you might have to travel hundreds of miles by horseback or wagon to find another source for your needed supplies to maintain your life. Because of that, if a store owner fell sick, people throughout the town would chip in to help. They realized that the general store was more than just a small business. It was an integral part of prosperity and well-being for the entire community. If the general store failed, the whole community would suffer and might even fail itself. It existed not just to sell merchandise, but for the common good, which meant that Everyone had a vested interest in its success. The store possessed camaraderie, synergy, community, and purpose. The internet has brought us closer than ever. Flash forward to today. In many ways, social networking and the internet have brought us back to the good old days. It's brought people together just like the general store did to the communities of the Wild West. It's just that the general store now covers every continent, hundreds of languages, and all 24 time zones. The means by which we do business and the structure of our business community have changed. The internet now provides a 24-7 virtual wonderland of shopping and shipping. However, being active in your Commerce community will still help you establish relationships that make your product or service the better choice for your customers, even though we no longer need to walk into a store in person to purchase most goods and services. Even through the advent of the jet airplane, which made the world much smaller, it can still take 24 hours to travel from the U.S. to Australia. However, you can video chat with friends or colleagues down under bloke 24 hours a day, 7 days a week with something like Zoom. Through presentations and interviews, both web-based and in-person, I now have Facebook and LinkedIn friends across the globe. The main point is, things continue to change even if your clients sit within one mile of your location. Your brand, business, and audience are global. You may not want to or even need to pay attention to that reality, but it is the new world order.
Locally, grassroots movements are helping the pendulum swing away from the big box machine, benefiting the smaller local entrepreneurs. People are becoming fans of the underdog and local business because their families' ecosystems and livelihoods depend on local business. People are asking friends and coworkers, do you know a plumber? Or where can I buy this or that product? People turn to social media to ask others who they know, like, and trust about products and services. Now you may still shop at Walmart, but across America, towns and cities that hope to revitalize their local downtowns are getting more involved with their chambers of commerce and urging citizens to buy local or shop Main Street. Networking in person. Part of the evolution of business is about teaching ourselves how to really network. There are many options out there from associations to chambers of commerce to people who do informal and semi-formal free and paid events. Those events can lead to other people suggesting more networking opportunities. That could expand your golden Rolodex even further. But how do you find value in networking? The Pareto Principle, better known as the 80-20 Rule, explains that 80% of results normally come from 20% of the whole. Although we learn to strive for balance, also known as 50-50, that principle is more accurate than anything I've ever learned in business. Most networkers are looking for leads, and their mindset is very transactional. Very few networkers consider the long-term and try to build relationships that have long-term reciprocal benefits. So, 80% of networking is about hunting for business, and 20% is about meeting people with whom you can create long-term business relationships. It's easy to feel like the best salesman or saleswoman would make the best business partner. Still, those people often jump from group to group, and each time you meet them, they're selling a different product, service, or an opportunity of a lifetime. It took years to change my networking habits to realize that 80% of networking has limited value, but I still needed to do it and focus on the 20% who could become great power partners. I had to learn that a connection is not the same as a relationship. Each has its place. For consumer businesses, in the local in-person space, it's easy to build a relationship with customers if you want to. The person in your business completing the transaction can join a one-on-one -on -one networking event called the checkout. Even in a self-checkout lane, a manager has to fix problems and approve restricted sales like alcohol. Collecting data without connecting may help you spot trends and serve up coupons, but it rarely leads to referrals, recommendations, or even sometimes repeat business.
In the B2B space, building relationships is a bit more challenging. It takes time to get to know someone, and it could take multiple interactions to determine whether there is an opportunity or desire to start a relationship. With networking or trade shows, you really get a full picture of decision making, but it all starts with getting to know at least one person. It's about connection before collecting data. The data is more personalized yet critical to understanding the underlying intricacies of a business entity's culture. So, build new relationships and nurture existing ones. So what's a business to do? Build and grow relationships. And remember, new clients are not the only ones you need. New clients, past clients, and people you may never do business with, not to mention your employees, suppliers, and vendors, can and will all be significant people for your business. In this ever-changing digital spreadsheet, QuickBooks report, analytics world, people matter. Relationships matter. People look very different in person than they do as entities on an income statement. As a business person, you're part of a much bigger picture. Nurturing current relationships and planting new ones has never been more critical than ever before. Thank you for letting us sprinkle some bacon bits into your brains. Want some more? Learn more about this podcast and our guest experts at baconpodcast.com. Have questions? Send them to askbrian at baconpodcast.com. Until next time, keep sizzling. And remember, it's all about the bacon. <laughs>